Hello, hello, you guys. Happy end of August. I hope you guys have had a wonderful summer and it's still great weather and wherever you're listening from, we have our friend Ashley today and we are going to be sharing her stories and something that we had requested on Instagram or asked is what kind of episodes are you guys wanting to hear? And it seems like almost every time that we ask that, uh, a lot of people are saying V back after two cesareans and then even extended to that be back after after three or even four or multiple cesareans and so today we have a v back after two cesarean story and as always we got to get into a review but i'm really wanting to just talk about because there's something about ashley that she wrote in her bio and she talks about like her birth experiences have given her the passion for all things pregnancy birth and postpartum and have even led her to be a doula and I just resonate so much on that because that's exactly how I became a doula, Ashley. And I think that's how a lot of us in the birth world kind of find that that passion, that drive to support and help. Um, so congratulations on becoming a doula and finding your Thank passion you. through all these experiences. Um, I do sometimes... I, not, not sometimes. I full on believe, but I sometimes say, you know, we we sometimes experience these not so desired birth outcomes, right? Not so desired birth outcomes. But sometimes I think that we we have those because we are meant to do something more and meant to experience those to help inspire and encourage and empower someone forthcoming, you know, in, in the future. And mm-hmm. so congratulations on all of that. I'm so excited for you joining the doula world. It's it's a journey but it's awesome, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. Yes. And then a little snip tip, also a little secret, you guys. By the time this episode airs, she's probably going to be holding a brand new newborn because <laughs> she is, um, her birth month is August or her, her due month is August. And so that's really, really exciting. And I'm just going to congratulate you right now <laughs> in advance. <laughs> Um, we also have a review, of course, and this review is from, I actually don't even know how to say this. I'm just going to spell it out. It's B-S-H-S-J-B-X-B-D. And the, ty- the title is Life Changing. It says, this podcast is amazing in all caps. I just had my V back two months ago, and I can honestly say that is it is thanks to everything I've learned by listening obsessively to this podcast and joining this community. I am still listening even after my VBAC because I love hearing the stories of these amazing women and the loving support of the hosts offer. Julie and Megan clearly care so much about what they do, and it feels like they truly care about each and every mama they talk to and connect through with the podcast and the community. I recommend this podcast to everyone who listens to or who will listen when they are going for a VBAC and an amazing resource for those who of us upon our upcoming journeys to birth after cesarean. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, BSHSJBXBD, for your review. We always love your reviews coming in. And if you haven't had a chance, I will never shy away from asking for a review. Your reviews are actually what helps people just like you listening find this podcast, right? It is what helps 
the algorithm, and especially in Apple, Apple Podcasts and on Google, it helps people know that, or the algorithm know that people like hearing these stories and want they want to give you more. So if you haven't had a chance, leave a review. We would love it so much. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Hey, women of strength, it's Megan. I wanted to share something with you in case you didn't know. In addition to this podcast and all the amazing stories and information that you will receive, we also have a website. You can find it at thevbacklink.com. That is T-H-E-V-B-A-C link.com. It is full of free resources answering your burning questions on how long to become pregnant, how to induce naturally, can you have a VBAC if you induce, and so many other topics. We also create helpful email content, so don't forget to sign up for the free emails when you see the pop-up come up. I know it's crazy because I've never met you, but I want you to know I truly love you with all my heart. I love this community, and I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. Okay, cute Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm so grateful for you. And like, the back after two cesareans, it's so hard because... I mean, I'm sure you know, as we've gone through this journey, both of us specifically of VBAC after two cesarean moms, it can be a really hard road, right? It can be a really hard road and really lonely. And so we really don't want anyone to feel that. And I think that through sharing stories and relating, is it's going to help people out there know that they're not alone and it is possible. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I... I don't know that I would have been able to achieve that without like listening to all of the podcasts and searching your site like religiously. So there is so much power in sharing your story. There really is. There really is. Well, let's turn the time over to you to share your stories. Cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, I'll try to keep it pretty concise, but you know, there's a lot of background that you have to get to. So Mm -hmm. um, we dealt with infertility for about five years, really unexplained, no specific reason. I actually had a bilateral ectopic at one point. Um, One tube they were able to repair, but the other, I had to have that one removed. So when I miraculously got pregnant in May of 2015, we were shocked and over the moon and just super, super grateful. So really from the beginning, I knew that I just wanted a husband coach natural birth. So we did the Bradley method class Mm -hmm. um, and we created like this cute little birth plan to share with our provider. And I really thought like I had a healthy and normal pregnancy and I thought like, I know what I want. And so I'm going to get it right. Like C-section was never like, I didn't, it didn't come out of my mouth. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't on the birth plan. Like it just wasn't anywhere around. And then at 40 weeks and 41 weeks and then 41 and a half weeks, um, the appointments like showed nothing of concern, but I still had like the unfavorable cervix. Uh-huh. Um, at all of those appointments, we had to sign an AMA saying that we did not want to get induced and just like, you know, kept trying to do like normal, regular things. And then on March 1st, I was like 41 and five. I woke up with like a slight abdominal pain, just kind of did normal routine, like went for a walk, all the things we were doing. But I did have a dance party that day instead of my normal yoga. I was like, let's get this started. Let's get moving. Um, And then those pains kind of intensified throughout the afternoon. And I finally was like willing to call them contractions at some point that evening. They were about like five minutes apart and we decided to go to the hospital and like normal or not normal, but for a lot of people, I got to the hospital and everything stopped. Mm. Uh, We decided to go home, but a nurse told us that because I was about 42 weeks and it would be against medical advice that insurance would not cover my labor and delivery costs if we went home and then tried to come back. And so whether that is true or not, at this point, it's like three in the morning and we're like, what do we do? I don't know. So we just kind of were like, let's just hunker down and just try to relax a little bit. And then like in the morning, try to get labor kind of moving again. So that was what we did. We decided to stay at the hospital about 8 a.m. The next morning, my OB came in and she um, wanted to strip my membranes. And then she accidentally broke my bag of waters at the same time. I refused any other interventions at that point, except they said that they did require that I had an IV and some monitoring. Mm. Um, And so after a lot of pressure from every nurse that came in the room and my Mm. OB, we agreed to a Pitocin drip about 5 p.m. And then I just kind of labored, you know, for a while, like throughout the night, things got super intense about two in the morning. And I was like, I was frantic. I remember feeling Mm -hmm. like I couldn't handle the pain. I remember like the room was like pitch dark and I'm just like laying in the bed, super frantic, super exhausted, like no idea what to do. I tried getting in the tub. I hated it with like all of the wires and the monitors around me, you know, because I'm hooked up to, you know, like, and so I just, I hated it. The nurse suggested that I try Benadryl to help me rest. I didn't rest, but I got super groggy. And I think that just kind of made it worse. Like I was just physically and mentally, emotionally, I was all, it was bad. And like all this constant pressure to do things that I did want to do or I did not want to do. And I just felt so isolated and just frustrated. I was dilated to about a seven the next morning. It was like 7 a.m. And I agreed to an epidural just to like try to relax and you know, get some rest and some Mm -hmm. relief. And then my OB came in and checked me. She said that my cervix was swollen at that point and that I had started Mm. to regress. Mm. So knowing what I wanted, she said that she was going to try to hold open my cervix and let me push. So I, I tried, but nothing really happened. Now looking back, I'm like, I don't know if she thought that that would really help, or she was just trying to like appease me a little bit, like give me a little bit of confidence boost or something. I don't know. Um, But at this point, so I'm in labor for about 48 hours. Just I'm done. I was out of it. So um, she highly recommended a C-section. 
And I remember before, like I signed the paperwork, I looked at her and I was like, will you let me try for a vaginal next time? Like I already knew, like, and again, also looking back and like, I can't believe I asked her permission. Right. But, <sighs> but we do, because we think that it is in someone we else's do. control. Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, we had a, a gentle, a normal, healthy C-section, perfectly healthy baby girl. Recovery was fine. It was normal. It was good. But I did, I had like that defeat in my head and in my heart, you know, and I never, it just kind of stayed there and I moved on. So then about two years later, January, 2018, I was pregnant again, thankfully. And we had moved. So that first birth was in Florida. And then we moved to Michigan, which is where we are now. And so I did a lot of like research just on social media and things like that to try to find like who was a VBAC friendly provider in our area. Yeah. Um, and so I was super excited when I got in with one of the most VBAC friendly practices in our, in the Grand Rapids area. I was really happy about that, that I could work with their midwife team for a VBAC. And this time I just felt like I did more research and like that. I, I don't know. I, it was like, I knew what went wrong last time. And so I was like, I, the same thing's not going to happen. Like I know what happened Been they're done that, like moving on. Right. But that was kind of all we did. Like I did a little bit of meditations. I read a couple more books and I just was like, I think, I think we've got it. And then 40 weeks come 41 weeks come again. And I just felt like, you know, from providers, you start feeling the pressure, especially with the feedback. Yeah. Um, so we at 41, my 41 week appointment, we denied the induction again. We endured a pretty aggressive fear-based lecture mm. from the OB that was practicing oh. there. And, but he did do a membrane sweep at that appointment. A couple days later, nothing had happened. He did another membrane sweep. And then I was like, okay, I started getting like that frantic feeling again. So He did the membrane sweep. I went straight to acupuncture. I went straight home and had a castor oil lunch. And um, then contractions started about an hour later. They were about three minutes apart, like the entire night. And then the next morning, my parents arrived from out of state to watch our daughter. And things like stopped pretty much Mm. totally stopped. So we went on a long walk. I did more castor oil took a nap and I woke up with super intense contractions. So I felt like, okay, like it's time we called the midwife. She was like, try to just do what you can at home um, until things are unbearable. So I got in the bathtub at home and that's when I remember like things just started like caving in, like mentally and emotionally, I went totally dark. Like the fear of things that I hadn't worked through from the first birth just came like tumbling in. And I remember like laying in the bathtub being like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do this the way that I want to. We did end up going into the hospital. We were admitted there about 6 PM and I was dilated to five. So that was hey, like was a little good. bit reassuring at that point. But as we got to the hospital, right. And all of the like tests and the monitoring and they're hooking up stuff. And I was like, I just was, I was so scared. I did like the fear and the worry and all of the, the anxiousness kind of crept back in. I did agree to an epidural again, even though that wasn't something that I had originally planned, but I just felt like I need something to kind of help calm me down. Mm-hmm. Um, around 11 o'clock that night, I was dilated to eight, tried to rest. We did some nipple stim. 
the next morning we with little progression i did start pitocin about 10 a.m and then just kind of like i just remember like just being in the bed like the midwife would come in and we would try a couple of different positions but that was really it and i just I didn't know any different, you know, we didn't have a doula with us. And um, mm-hmm. my husband is a great support, but like, we just, we didn't know what else to do. And so I ended up trying to push, I pushed for about two hours because my midwife thought that I was ready for that. And nothing, there was no progression. I remember her saying like the, pos- the baby's position was why he wouldn't descend. Mm-hmm. And again, like looking back now, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But at the time I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do about that. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> so later, like after I pushed for a couple of hours, like I said, and then the OB came in the same one who gave us the kind of scary talk. <laughs> he came in and he offered a vacuum forceps or a C-section. And I think like at that point, again, I'm, I was in labor for 48 ish hours at that point and mm-hmm. just tired. And a C-section felt like the thing that I knew, right? Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't do the research on the other things. And I was a little bit like, I didn't have a great relationship with him. And so yeah. I was like, let's, so we agreed yeah. to the C-section. Yeah. Um, and that same experience, it was, it was gentle and it was, it was safe and healthy and everything went fine. Our little guy was born about nine o'clock that night and it, he had some breathing issues, but nothing of concern. Like we, it, it was great. But this time I struggled mentally for, for months after that, you know, just like that feeling like I failed again. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance again, you know, to have my V back or to just, like redeem what I thought was possible for myself and for my family. So anyways, two years later on May of 2020, in the middle of the the pandemic, we had a third miracle pregnancy and again, very healthy, normal pregnancy that I decided to stay with the same practice because one, I knew that they were still one of the most VBAC friendly practices. However, mm-hmm. their midwife team is not able to support um, mm-hmm. VBACs after two C-sections. However, oh, just after two C-sections. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I listened to an episode of the VBAC link and there was someone on who is from this area and I ended up connecting with her and she told me about a great OB who worked, who now had transferred into this practice that I was at and she was amazing. So I was able to work with her instead of the other person who, again, great provider, but I just wanted a little bit different experience. Right. So this new um, OB, she was a doula actually before she um, got into obstetrics and I just like felt so much at ease and confident with her. And I remember her telling me you're in charge. Like she would offer me things or tell me, you know, give me information. And then she would say, you're in charge. And that changed the game for me. Right. Like, it just made me realize like, Oh, you're right. Like I am, you know? It's and so crazy to think that Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but like that little word, mm-hmm. you are the words you are in charge what it did for you. Yeah. It was amazing. I knew that this birth, like I was like, this is my chance to get the V back. I, we didn't know if we would have any more kids. Mm-hmm. I pulled out every stop. I hired a doula. Finally, <laughs> we 
like my husband and I were on the same page. Like we had, he's always been really supportive of what I want, but like we had to sit down and have some pretty in-depth conversations about why I wanted it. Like what was, what, why was it so important? Mm-hmm. I listened to every VBAC link episode, every evidence-based birth episode, like did as much research and educating of myself that I could. I started chiropractic care, did the spinning babies, nightly meditations, and I started mental health counseling. At the time, I did it mainly because I, I think like looking back, I after my second, I went through a pretty intense period of postpartum depression. I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. but I knew this time like I needed to get ahead of it. And so I connected with a counselor just so that I had like that relationship built for after my third baby. What I didn't realize until after I started therapy was the mental block that I had from those first two births and so much defeat, failure, fear. They were so heavy. And I quickly realized them after just getting into regular therapy sessions. And so my therapist really helped me work through a lot of that, which I'm so thankful for. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward through all of that kind of that, that prep that, you know, we do for months and months. This time I was like, okay, I'm sure I'm going to go to 42 weeks. Like, that's just what my body does. And I'm cool with it. Like, it's going to be fine. Um, So I went in for my 40 week appointment. Everything was normal, except I did have a slightly elevated blood pressure, which was abnormal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did the NST, they did lab work, and then I agreed to a membrane sweep. My OB was a little bit concerned that if my blood pressure would continue to rise or continue to be elevated, then I would need an induction. And so she thought that the sweep would be like the most gentle way to just try to get started. I was already dilated to three. So she was like, I think it's a safe way to go. It's not too much intervening. So I felt good about that. I did really normal things for the next 48 hours. Like the other two, I felt like I tried to like I got like the frantic, like, let's get started. Like every, right. I mean, castor oil is a pretty intense thing. So this time I I stayed away from that, did a lot of like inversions, curb walking, went to the chiropractor. And then at my next appointment, everything was normal. Blood pressure was back to normal. And I was so thankful. I went home and so that 40 week appointment was on a Wednesday and then we had all a couple days. And then on Sunday morning, I woke up and I had like some slight contractions. And so I went for a super long walk, did a lot of curb walking and I started kind of like an abbreviated or like my own version of mile circuit just to kind of like keep things moving along. Yeah. Um, and then contractions became pretty regular around two o'clock that afternoon. I was still hesitant to call it labor because I had experienced such long labors before that I was like, yeah, we have a long, this is a long road, right? Right. You're like, whatever, Um, we got this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but I did ask my husband to come home. He was at work and I asked him to come home and just help with the other two. Um, That was about four o'clock. And I was like, I just need to like focus. I need to get in my space. So he took them to Target and they did, you know, roamed around Target and I just stayed home. I sat on my birth ball and I put my playlist on and I actually like colored pictures for them just to try to like calm myself and kind of get in the right frame of mind. So by the time they got home, I was just laying in bed trying to relax through the contractions. I managed to make it to dinner and have dinner with them and then help with the bedtime routine. 
but I had to like, I had to keep stopping through reading them, their bedtime story just to like breathe. So um, after that, I just moved to our bedroom and I was really struggling. Like I was laying in bed and just kind of like walking around the bedroom. And I remember like, I felt like sick, but hungry and cold, but hot, like all of these different feelings were coming in. And I just had to, I had to just like lean into my husband and hold on to him through every contraction. We did that for about an hour and he was like, I think we better at least call the doula. And I was like, okay, okay. So she just listened over the phone to a few contractions. And I remember her saying like, I think it might be time to go into the hospital. And Mm. I was, even though like I was really struggling to make it like to cope through the contractions, I was super against going in because with my other two, right. Right. I got to the hospital, everything stopped. Like, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Things kept progressing through like, it was probably another hour. And so I finally agreed like, okay, let's go in. My husband was making arrangements for someone to come stay with our kids and packing the car and my water broke, which I hadn't had like that spontaneous experience before. So that was kind of cool. He helped me get changed into the car. And I remember like, I couldn't sit down. So I was kneeling over the front seat, like on my, on my knees. And he was like, this is probably going to be the hardest part of the whole labor, (laughs) the drive to the hospital. I was, I was ready to push. Like I was, I remember yelling the whole time I'm ready to push. And he was like, it's going to be fine. He was just like, he kept saying, it's going to be fine. We're almost there. And he's driving through, like it was February. So it it was a snowstorm here. And so he's like trying to stay as calm as possible. We pulled up to triage. It was about 9 50 PM. And I got in the wheelchair still on my knees. Like they wheeled me in and I'm like, I'm ready to push. I'm ready to push like yelling at whoever was with me. Yeah. Um, and a nurse checked me like in the wheelchair. She came running like, out and checked me. Yeah. Turned around oh, yeah. like just backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I heard her yell, she's complete. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. Like it was the best thing that I could have yes. ever heard. So they wheeled me into a delivery room and they helped me onto the hospital bed. And I just stayed on all fours and I just started pushing. And at that point, everything's kind of a blur. I was so focused on just pushing her out. Like I knew everybody there was looking at me like, is she going to do this? Like, you know, is this actually going to happen? And I knew that until I was like holding her in my arms, a C-section was still a possibility. Like, you know, I mean, like it just. It, it was never off the table. And I was like, I'm not, I, I'm become this far. Like we're doing this. So, um, yeah. I do remember like I had, I got a saline lock at one point they put a monitor on the baby's head. My doula put my hair up for me. I think like they kept giving me oxygen to help me breathe and people kept urging me to like change positions. And I was like, Nope, I'm good right here. I'm not moving. And so yeah. my OB, she made it there for about 10 minutes of pushing and helped me through the last few pushes. And then I heard her say the baby's head was out and then her body. And I just reached down and pulled her up. And yeah, that was, it was amazing. Absolutely, Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. And still looking cool that you could get there and be that far progress. Like for you yeah. mentally, I'm sure, like, like you said, you're like, I knew, I knew it wasn't off the table, but like that was, that had to just been so huge and put you yeah. in this space. And even when they were like doing all these things, you know, you yeah. were able to stay, stay in your space and keep going. 
And 10 minutes. So (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. And I remember my husband after like, after things like I had pretty significant blood loss, pretty severe tearing this because it was Mm -hmm. so fast. So Um, fast. Yes. But my husband said like, this is going to change the course of your life forever. And he's right. It does. Because when you follow your intuition, right. And you like really experience something so redeeming like that, that can change you. And so, yeah, it's, I'm really grateful. Yeah. It totally does change you. My doula, I hadn't had my baby. I was still in labor. And I remember one of my doulas saying like, if this doesn't go the way she's wanting, like, I'm worried about what she's going to do with her career. Like if she's going to be able to keep going because I just, I wanted it so bad. Right. And then I had my V back and everyone was like, this just changed you forever. This just totally did something for you. And I remember it's the weirdest thing. It's really hard for me to describe, but to have a birth and it's not even just with feedback in general, but it's like to have a birth where you feel like you're more in the driver's seat and more in control. And like you said, following that intuition and trusting your whole soul. Yeah. There's something to say with that. There's a power that that gave me. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and it did. I mean, it's changed my life for the long term. And it's just so amazing. It's so amazing. And And now like, look at all of the community that you guys have built. Yeah. And the, 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 your experiences have changed so many people's lives, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really cool. It's really cool how it all just kind of circles around, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and every single one of these stories, I mean, we're hearing it through these reviews, how these stories are changing people's lives, this community. And, and I mean, I may be biased, but there's something about this VBAC, CBAC community that is so special. We're so vulnerable. I think so. And I think it's also other people don't really get it. You know, I I mean, I have a great family and friends, but I, there aren't many that understand. There aren't. So to be able to come somewhere like this, and find other people who are like, they really get it. And it's really important to them and it's valuable and it just creates mm-hmm. the sense of confidence and meaning. Absolutely. It's so true. I remember there were few, very few, like I could count on one hand people that I could really go to. And I felt like they were, I mean, I, I love, I loved the people that would listen. Like I would always want a yeah. listening ear. But these guys, they didn't just listen. They heard and they felt. Yeah. They felt it when I said, I don't know what I should do. I have this provider, but I'm feeling called to this out of hospital birth. What should I do? You know? And yeah. it was like, they could feel the, the the struggle that I was going through. They could yeah. feel the desire, the want and the hurt. Right. And um, I had a mother's blessing and I will never forget. Just I was in constant chills because I could feel their energy. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. This this community is absolutely amazing and you are amazing. And then <laughs> you're just going to keep going on. You're going to have this other feedback and then you're going to keep going <laughs> on as a doula inspiring. And that's one of the reasons too. We love having our doula community, right? So we have our yeah. certified doulas 
And it's like, I mean, when Julie was with me, right? Like her and I couldn't change the world and the VBAC, but you know, all <laughs> over the world, like we're just here in Utah. Right. And through this community and all of these birth workers out there and all of these parents inspiring, like, I mean, we, we have people on our team that haven't even had a VBAC and they're like, Hey guys, did you know that this is an option? Did you so know awesome. that this is, a, this is a thing? And it's just so cool that like the conversations that are sparked can change someone's outcome completely. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story. Good luck right now thank and you. congrats in advance. And yes. Um, do you have a doula page yet where people could go follow you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, baby bird birth and doula services. So yeah, I have a website and, you know, Facebook, Instagram yeah. and everything. So just kind of getting things kicked off and um, very, very excited to really start working with other families and helping them realize like you, your intuition is powerful and your it's birth experience so really powerful. matters. It yeah. really does. It really does. And it doesn't, it's, it's not that it matters of how you have like the method, nope. but the experience is yep. impactful. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Everything that you guys do. Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to the VBAClink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.